This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by Richard Blackaby. Good to be with you, Sam, as always. Always a pleasure. Uh, you know, something I will update our, our listeners on, uh, if, you, if you haven't followed our, um, we do have a YouTube channel, the Blackaby yeah. Ministries, yeah. Um, just a, a general channel for videos that we've put out. Some of it's, you know, there's some of your preaching on there, some of your, dad, <laughs> <laughs> some of your dad's preaching from back in the day, just other various things. Mm-hmm. But we've, uh, um, several months ago, last summer, actually, we uh, took a trip to Oxford. We mentioned it a few podcasts ago. Um, I've finally edited all of the videos that we shot over there, just little excerpts of um, interesting things around Oxford. Obviously, Oxford has loads of history, and so yeah. Richard was just foaming at the mouth oh. to, to be able to talk about some of these places. And it so we, Yeah, so we <laughs> got to film a few things, like uh, we uh, toured the kilns where C.S. Lewis lived, and uh, we looked at Blenheim Palace, Blenheim Palace, Bodley and Library, mm-hmm. Vladimir and Ridley, and even traced back some of your um, heritage yeah. to a to a small little church uh, in the Cotswolds uh, in Oxford, yeah. uh, or had, just outside of Oxford. Had a Blackaby minister back early in the Baptist history. Early on, yeah. So, anyways, all that to say, check out the YouTube channel. Just you can search Blackaby Ministries on YouTube. Sure. And we've got a lot of those clips out there. Uh, another thing, uh, development, is uh, if you own an Amazon smart speaker, you can say to that device, uh, device, play the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast, and it'll play it, which is kind of neat. Technology. Wow. Who, who I need knew? to say, give the next leadership podcast. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me leadership <laughs> podcast ideas. That's what we need. So just another way. Uh, for you to listen. Um, but anyways, uh, all that housekeeping aside, uh, it's good to have everyone with us on, a, on another episode. And today we are looking at um, something that, that I think a lot of people would say goes hand in hand with leadership, and that's influence. And, uh, you know, uh, Maxwell has popularized the idea that, that, you know, leadership is really ultimately about influence. And of course, we've if you go back to the early episodes, we, we talk about this and, and how we take a slightly different tack on, on the idea of influence. But, but really, uh, in, in a culture today of influencers, you may hear this term, you know, if you have a following on any social media platform, you're oftentimes considered an influencer. Um, but uh, the, the question we, we want to ask is, how do you, how do you become a person uh, that has influence that when trouble hits... Um, you are the person that, that other people look to, uh, to for advice and, and for leadership and for guidance. Yeah. And so uh, with that, uh, Richard, can you walk us through some, some ways that we can uh, do that? Well, you know, and I, I may have mentioned before, but I remember growing up uh, and seeing two different contrasting things. Uh, on the one hand, I watched my dad, and my dad was... Uh, an ordinary person, he pastored a relatively smaller church, uh, small to maybe mid-sized at, at best, and yet uh, he had a huge influence. And he was being asked to speak all over the place, ultimately to write. And uh, people, even back in the day, would be asking to come and just spend uh, 
an hour or two in the evening and they'd have, uh, and, and they'd sit there in our living room with a list of questions. They just wanted to ask my dad and, uh, a person that people just wanted to hear from and just, they wanted to know what he thought. And, uh, here's where I'm coming down on this, but Henry, I really want to know what you have to say. And then at the same time, I saw other people who desperately wanted to be that kind of person. Hmm. They wanted to be the kind of person that people made appointments to talk to because they wanted to know what they thought. Or there was a, a, a convention meeting and people said, well, we'd like to hear from so-and-so. And, um, but uh, some of these folks, although they wanted to have that kind of influence, it was clear they didn't have it. Yeah. And uh, I, I'll never forget uh, being in some of those meetings of my denomination years and years ago. And there, there'd be an issue that was being discussed. And inevitably there'd be a couple of these pastors and you just knew that they loved being behind the microphone. They loved having everybody listen to them and they had the limelight. And so they would get up and they would, they, they were trying to say something profound, but they just, they, they weren't getting there. And Mm -hmm. so they would, they try to say something that really wowed the, the audience and seemed so insightful and it would just fall flat. And then they'd go sit down and the next person would talk And then a little while later, the same person would come back up trying to give it another run this time, you know, and I thought of something else. And one more thing. uh, And they were usually breaking Robert's rules of orders to come back a second time, but they would come back a third and fourth time. And and every time it was obvious, why does this, this person spoken four times now and they haven't still made a contribution. They wanted to, they were trying to. But uh, you could just see people almost rolling their eyes when they would. Certain people would would get to the microphone. It's like, oh no, we got more of him. Uh, and I saw the contrast there. And I, I remember even just as a child thinking, Lord, help me never to be that kind of person yeah. who's desperately wanting to be taken seriously, but I'm not. And and then people that don't have to go to the mic, they don't have to try to weasel their way in front of the audience. Uh, they just carry clout just by who they are and by the fact that they have a track record that people know and they admire. And so this is all about um, how do you become that kind of person? And certainly now with the advent of social media, uh, everybody is trying to somehow be that person so that they post something on Twitter or they post something on Facebook and uh, and then they're watching every hour to see, did anybody like what I said? Uh, anyone followed me because of that statement? And, and uh, well, maybe I'll try to say something a little bit more edgy next time. I'll try to say something that gets everybody's opinion and uh, or involvement. And sometimes I, I read stuff on social media and it's just, it's almost like a desperate plea for someone to notice them. <laughs> Which is really what, um, what all social media boils it's, down it, to. It's so it? much of it, yeah. Uh, and... and uh, you know, I, I so you look at that and you just say, "Boy, I tell you, we're because now it's social media. Of course, has given people a platform. It used to be, like I said, you you went to an annual convention and you kind of had one shot at it every year. Now you just sit at your laptop and you can yeah. be have an audience uh, at any time. And so that has sped things up uh, and made it much more pervasive. And so several things I would say in terms of. Uh, how do you become the kind of person that when you say something, people lean in and listen? Uh, and, mm. and the first one is simply have something to say, have something of value to say. Uh, everybody has something to say, but we, when we live in a culture that tries to convince us that everyone's opinion has equal value, mm. which of course is nonsense. 
everyone has a perfectly the same right to express their opinion. Yeah. That doesn't mean that every opinion is of equal value. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a huge distinction because I, I think there's so many who, who want to sort of, uh, equalize everything and say, Hey, we're all just, you know, humans with, with, we all have equal opinions and, and, uh, you know, as you, utopian as maybe that sounds, or as you know, it may be coming from a good place, but it's certainly not the case. Yeah, and you know, I like I give I give the example. You might be sitting at Starbucks having coffee with a friend, and do you hear someone at the table next to you saying, uh, "Hey, I just bought some st- this stock on the stock market, and I I'm I really think it's going to take off and go places." Well, if I hear someone say that, I'm probably going to just listen in and listen. What well, what is that stock and? Uh, but I'm not going to necessarily race out and clear out my savings account and buy that stock. I'm going to probably do some searching and uh, ask uh, you know, brokers or people that know. More than likely, I'm not going to do anything about it. Uh, just sort of file it away as something interesting I heard today. Uh, but if I look over to the table next to me and it's Warren Buffett sitting there, yeah. Uh, well, I could say, well, his opinion is it it's equal to the other guy's opinion well that's nonsense yeah <laughs> you know if warren buffett just said i've just found a sure thing i'm going to get on my phone <laughs> and call somebody and uh say you know bye bye quick uh right well both have an opinion why is it that one person when they express an opinion everybody scrambles into action and someone else they everyone sits there without doing a thing about it uh well it's because some people have a credibility about them. Uh, they have a track record of success. They have a track record of backing up their opinions. Uh, right. They don't just express an opinion, uh, but they but their opinion has proven over and over again to be factual and beneficial when you follow it. Uh, and so, especially I've noticed even in this uh, political cycle that we're in right now, uh, a lot of folks in primaries for the Democratic Party and so on and you you watch the same thing when the democrats uh, had primaries four years ago um that uh everybody's jockeying for some credibility they want the they want the state they want to somehow convince everybody else that they're the best leader that they know best what the answer is and uh, how to solve problems and you you may have a dozen people on the stage all convinced or trying to convince you that they are the the, the best leader, uh, the, the best qualified. And how do you know? Just because, because they tell you they are? Because they have opinions? Because they wax eloquent? Sometimes the best leaders aren't necessarily the best orators. Mm-hmm. So someone may sound really sharp on the stage, but their you start to unpack their ideas and uh, it's nonsense. It's gibberish. But it sounded good when they said it. So uh, the first thing, just to be a person of influence, is have something of value to say. And the, and the way you, you, you have something of value is uh, you do your homework, you study, you prepare, you, you pay the price. I mean, anybody can just start mouthing off an opinion. Yeah. But the opinions that, that matter are the ones that are backed up with research, with uh, reading, with education, with searching and doing your homework and diligence and staying up late at night and getting up early in the morning to go the extra mile to make sure you've mastered the field and the subject. Um, and I always admire people like that. When If I'm watching a panel of experts on the news or something, there's the, they keep rolling out these people with opinions. And I think, well, my opinion is at least as 
well informed as that opinion. Yeah. And then now and then they pull in someone that clearly knows what they're talking about. There's an element of mastery. Yeah. And so I would say whether you're in working for a small company, large business, uh, you're in a church, on an elder board, uh, any place where you're in a leadership role, uh, before you get to the meeting, make sure you've paid the price of knowing what you're talking about, doing your homework, being prepared. Uh, just someone who shows up to every meeting fully prepared immediately has just upped their influence game significantly. Hmm. And you can just always tell the person that did their homework ahead of time. Uh, and you just tend to listen to those people more. I, I teach a periodically, I'll teach a doctoral seminar on leadership. Everybody's supposed to have done their reading ahead of time and prepared. Some people don't necessarily do that, and uh, it becomes obvious when they speak. And then there's other people. It's very clear that they have read, they've thought, they've prepared, they've br- they brought notes with them. And I just watch the dynamic. When those people speak, everybody's paying attention. When someone just is talking, uh, people are just, they, it's just filler. Yeah. And um, I would just say, if you want to be a positive leader who makes a difference, especially in American Canadian society today, uh, be someone that is prepared when you, when you open your mouth, make sure it's, uh, it's something of value. And second thing I'd say, which kind of goes right along with that is, uh, um, if you don't have something of value to say, be quiet. I mean, it kind of goes without Imagine saying, that. uh, of course there's the famous verse, uh, in Proverbs, uh, chapter 17, verse 28, it says, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace, when he shuts his lips He's considered perceptive. Uh, And uh, I found that sometimes you can seem quite uh, profound by just not jumping in. And these guys I was describing who would come to these these convention meetings, they would speak to every issue. And... They had an opinion on every... and, and and, And it never dawned on them that there's a couple hundred people in the room and most of them have not commented on any of these issues. And yet here I am commenting on everyone. Uh, uh, is there really value in me? Co- is there something I'm really contributing to every solitary issue here that compels me to have to always speak? Uh, and I, 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 I was just a kid at the time, so I didn't really, it wasn't my place, but, uh, someone needed to take some of these guys aside and say, listen, you know, people would respect you so much more if you just talk less. Hmm. Uh, but you, you, you keep talking and talking and exposing the fact you don't know very much. And so what I would say is, listen, when it gets to a topic that you actually know something about, well, then don't drag it out, but speak to that. But if, if you have something of value to say, but, but if you, if you over talk, then you're going to lose your credibility. And there's an interesting thing just to kind of along with that. Uh, I remember when I was in seminary years ago. And uh, I, I had a, my pastor at the time was giving some advice to young ministerial students like me. And he had said uh, something I never forgot. He just said, you know, even when it comes to things like making announcements in church, and for those pastors listening uh, to the podcast today, there's a lot of churches where the pastor just makes the announcements. Uh, there'll be a potluck supper next uh, Sunday. There's a women's missionary union meeting on Tuesday night, whatever. And they, they roll through the announcements. And I thought some really good advice that was given to me was, uh, my pastor said, listen, you're also going to be talking about how people can find eternal life, how they can go to heaven when they die, 
how they can overcome the worst sin in their life. Uh, so if, if one moment you're, you're telling people they ought to really bring a covered dish next Sunday uh, to the potluck, and the next moment you're talking about their eternal destiny, uh, why don't you, as the leader, focus on talking about the stuff that really matters? And let other people talk about the stuff that's of much less significance. Mm. And because if 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 people hear you talking about stuff that they don't think is that important, if they're if they're a man and you're talking about the women's gathering next Tuesday night, well, they're going to tune you out because that doesn't apply to them. And uh, now you're describing the youth activity. Well, you're not a youth, so you tune them out again. You don't want people tuning you out. Because then all of a sudden, when you say something they really need to be listening to, you, you're already tuned out. So, yeah. uh, so what he said is, get other people to make those announcements. Get other people to do the talking on less important things. So that when you get up, people, okay, now the pastor is going to speak. Or now the president. Now the boss is going to speak. Uh, we've already heard all the secondary matters and issues uh, and, 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 and what, uh, my pastor said is if you don't make all the mundane normal announcements. So if there is a huge thing, maybe your church is having a churchwide revival meeting and you want everybody to be there. Well, the pastor himself gets up and announces that one. And then everybody thinks, Hey, the pastor doesn't normally make announcements. If he's actually personally going to encourage us to do that, hmm. it must really be important. But if you're announcing everything, then nothing is going to be considered right. important. And so uh, there is a sense in which, as a leader, don't do all the talking. If, if you can get someone else to announce the logistics of this meeting, let them do that. Think to yourself, I, I want to just speak to the most important issues. Hmm. Uh, it was said once, I think it was uh, Thomas Jefferson, who, uh, when they were in the forming the Constitution uh, of the United States, he uh, he commented and said, now here's a room full of people from all the states at the time, all of them filled with opinions, all of them wanting to express their opinions. But uh, it was noticed that uh, Benjamin Franklin and George Washington, uh, the comment was, they didn't speak very often, even though they're two of the most influential people in the room. Yeah. But when they did speak, he said they always spoke to the biggest issues uh, at hand. And, and to those, they sort of put their shoulder to the, to the obstacle and began to push with all their might. And he said they never spoke long. They didn't drag things out. They didn't chase after little petty minutia things. But when they rose to speak, everybody listened because they were going to address the big issues. Um, and so if you're going to be a person of influence, don't, it's, a, it's a mistake to think if I, just, if I do the most talking, then I must be the most influential. Just the opposite. Uh, you water down your influence with too many words. Mm. And so learn to speak less and learn to avoid talking about the secondary matters and save yourself for the most important. And so that people begin to realize, oh, Sam is actually, I haven't heard him speak all day, but now he's going to speak to this. So it must be really important because it takes a lot to get him out of his seat and out of his slumber. <laughs> uh, and so exactly. uh, maybe one other just uh, before the break is uh, always tell the truth, regardless of how popular it is. Uh, I always think of Neville Chamberlain coming back after signing a treaty with uh, Adolf Hitler and he's waving his uh, treaty that Hitler had signed, and he's saying, it's peace for our time, peace with honor, he said. Uh, 
And he desperately wanted it to be peace with honor. And he wanted everybody to agree with him. And uh, Churchill was one of the only ones, of course, who said there's no honor in selling out, giving away a country to an evil dictator. That's not honorable and it's not going to bring peace. Uh, and of course, at the time, it made Churchill very unpopular. He's just an old fuddy-duddy, cranky guy that just wants war. Warmonger. Uh, yeah. And uh, Churchill's like, uh, no, but I'm just telling you the truth. And of course, at first, it made him very unpopular. But he became known as one of the only people that uh, the, that the common people believed when he spoke, they were getting the truth, not just some varnished over hopeful uh, perspective on something. Yeah. And so uh, I, it's like the, uh, the, the, the famous story of the emperor has no clothes. Uh, most people just don't want to mention the elephant in the room. Let's just, uh, let, let's just go ahead and tell the boss what he wants to hear. But that doesn't mean that you take delight in being contrarian and being obnoxious and always pushing against uh, common wisdom. But w- when you clearly have a conviction about what is right and what's true, um, if you develop a reputation that if they ask you, they're going to get the clear cut truth, that's going to give you some clout. And that's going to give uh, people a sense of confidence that they want to hear from you because they know they're going to get the, the facts. Yeah. And uh, so that, those are at least three ways uh, to begin with that you can become a kind of influential person that people really want to hear from. Three ways and, and uh, a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, for those first three points. And uh, we'll be we'll be right back to, to digest a bit more. Twice a year, Black Bee Ministries hosts a spiritual leadership coaching workshop in the Atlanta area. The focus of this workshop is learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. The next workshop is April 20th to 22nd, and registration is open now. To find out more and to register, visit blackbeecoaching.org. Links will be in the show notes. If you like what we're doing and would like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Even a little bit will go a long way toward keeping this podcast going for the months and years to come. To support this podcast, click on the link in the show notes. We are truly grateful for our wonderful community of listeners. Well, Richard, we've seen three ways how uh, we can develop our influence as a leader, as a person. Um, And uh, I suspect there are a few others that you've got there. Uh, that can also help us do that. And, it, and it's, yeah, I think if we were to end the podcast now, that would be, I mean, those three ways, uh, um, you know, doing your homework, uh, having something valuable to say. If you don't have something valuable to say, don't don't say it. And, and then essentially being a person of integrity, speaking mm-hmm. the truth. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that's plenty to, to marinate on, if you yeah. will. Uh, but uh, we, we want to provide the the most value to our listeners. Yeah. And so what else can we, we add to our quiver of uh, uh, Let me give you influence. two more, two more arrows here before okay. we're done. Uh, a fourth one is, uh, and again, I'm thinking in terms of particularly of when you speak up. Um, and a fourth one is be discerning. And by that, I mean, uh, you may have something to say, but just because you have something of value to say, you also need to discern when the best time is to say it. You can actually say the right thing, the truthful thing, but say it at the wrong time. Hmm. I think that's why Jesus said in Matthew 7, 6, uh, don't cast your pearls before swine. Uh, what he was saying is you may know the truth, which would be a pearl, something precious, something of value. Right. But if you, if you share that with people that don't value the truth, that despise hearing the truth or hearing God's wisdom, then all you are is you're just uh, demeaning and diminishing the word of God. And so 
Jesus was saying, there's just times where people don't want to hear the truth. So don't waste your breath telling them the truth. Uh, they're going to just reject it and despise it anyway. And so uh, that's one thing I've kind of learned is um, uh, hold your fire until the, the right moment. There's uh, some of the great battles um, were won because soldiers were told, don't shoot yet. The, the, you know, when the enemy is charging across the field at you, you're tempted to want to shoot while they're still a long ways away, but you're, you're not uh, going to be accurate to, to hit them then. And so back in the, uh, you know, centuries ago, when you're firing with muskets that weren't very reliable anyway, uh, the, the officers would tell them, hold your fire, hold your fire. Not yet. There'll be far more impact if you all shoot at the same time when they're at close enough range that you're going to, you're going to hit the target. Right. Uh, and so I find also when it comes to speaking, hold your fire until you can have the most impact. Um, and sometimes that means waiting until later when other things have been said. Uh, so a lot of times we're eager to be the first one to speak. And of course, yeah. when you speak first, there is a, a certain first, amount of influence that comes from advantage. that. You've kind yeah. of uh, been the first person to leave an impression on others, but, uh, but sometimes the last person or one of the later people is uh, also of value because now you've heard all the different uh, perspectives and you, you yeah. know how to address it. And so um, I, I, I remember one time, uh, and I think I may have shared this before, where uh, our, our denomination was uh, considering a particular issue. And there was a man that was quite a dominant leader at the time who felt very strongly that everybody should, we should, they should all vote to do a certain thing. And he felt so strongly about it that he had taken a whole year and traveled all over the, the country meeting uh, personally with pastors and influencers to convince them of what he thought they should do. And, uh, and so by the time we met to meet and to actually take the vote, he had talked to most of the people and was pretty sure that uh, he had convinced everybody of his opinion. And so there he presents the formal presentation. Uh, everybody seems positive. It looks like a slam dunk. It's going to happen. And then right at the very end, as they're just about to call for questions, um, someone rises up and says, you know, I haven't heard a word from Henry Blackaby about this. And uh, I just personally would like to know what Henry thinks. Well, my dad had been sitting quietly through the entire meeting, never said a word, uh, just sat there. And now all of a sudden he's being called by someone who says, I don't really want to vote on this until I know what Henry has to say. Hmm. Now that's influence. Uh, when yeah. you, you don't have to go to the microphone. People are asking for you to go to the microphone. And so my dad gets up and very briefly, very succinctly just says, I've got some concerns about this motion. I, I've got some concerns it's not biblical the way that it's being done. I don't think it's practical how it's going to work out. Uh, and I think it could be harmful. And I would personally, I, I would vote against it, but uh, that's just me. And he went and sat down. <laughs> well, the only, only negative comment uh, after an entire day of uh, celebrating and, and talking it up well, they took the vote and it lost. <laughs> and everybody knew that it, the only reason it lost was because right at the end, my dad had been asked to speak and just told the truth, just said what he thought. Well, the, the man who'd been plugging it for a year was so upset that one comment from my dad could dismantle a year of his work traveling and promoting wow. that he actually got in his car and drove uh, it was like 15 hour drive back to where he lived. 
and just left the meeting, just didn't even stay till it was over. And then later complained that my dad was always using undue influence to influence everybody else. And it's like, you spent a year traveling all over the country plugging your, th- and my dad simply responded to a question and he has mm. undue influence and you don't. But, uh, but I witnessed that and I thought, well, that's what real influence is. You don't even have to go stand by the microphone or take your turn to speak. Um, people will respect your opinion enough they ask for it. Yeah. They don't even want to vote until they've heard from you. And the last one, just to say very quickly, is be spirit-led, which really ought to be the first one. Uh, Ephesians 5, verses 16 to 18 uh, says, uh, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And basically what Paul's saying is these are very confusing times. Uh, Don't waste your time. Uh, Time is too precious to waste. So know what God's will is. And the way you know God's will is you be filled by the Spirit. You let the Spirit of God guide you. Uh, And uh, and that's something that every believer can do. It doesn't matter your IQ level. It doesn't matter how good of a speaker you are. It doesn't matter how high up in management you are you can have just as much of the Holy Spirit indwelling you as anybody else does. Mm -hmm. And when you've got the Spirit of God within you, you have God within you who knows the future, who knows the issues. And uh, so you can be wise beyond your years when you are listening to the Holy Spirit. And uh, Paul said, but you've got to be, you got to be filled by the Spirit. Uh, You can't just assume that because you're a Christian that you're being guided by the Spirit. That that requires you learning to, listen and be guided and to be filled by him. And, uh, and that comes by regularly spending time with the spirit. Uh, the reason that so many people wanted to hear from my dad was not that he was known as having the highest IQ, that, uh, he was just so high up in the organizational chart. Uh, they wanted to talk to my dad because they knew that my dad had talked with God mm. and it was obvious. And when you talked to my dad, you felt like you weren't just getting Henry Blackaby's opinion, but you were getting, Uh, you were talking to someone who was in regular communion with God himself. Mm. And uh, any of us can have that kind of clout because any of us can spend time with, with God regularly as well. Well, this, you know, all of these are are just great, I think points for each of, uh, for, for all of us to, to wrestle with and to uh, just, you know, lay before our own lives and and say, if, if we want to have more influence, if we want to have any influence, you know, how, how are we doing in all of these areas? And I think that's a great, uh, roadmap for anyone who's wanting to increase their influence and um, you know shameless plug here but it, speaking of increasing your influence <laughs> you're actually doing a uh, a seminar on yeah. this uh, at the Billy Graham Training Center at the Cove coming yeah. up in April yeah. 6th to 8th um, it's not too late to register and yeah, I, are, if you've never been to the Cove it's awesome and uh, sometimes you just need to get away out of your normal or uh, life and schedule to think and and especially if you're just struggling right now to have influence in a particular area maybe in your church or your family or even clarity you know yeah you know i think the the cove is a great place for clarity yeah um it's outside of your normal place and so i I wasn't planning to uh to necessarily plug that but it just nice it seemed too perfect not to mention (laughs) um uh but uh, and if you can make it uh be sure to you know it's going to be an intimate setting uh I'd love to be sure you come and meet me and talk to me yeah. and uh, maybe we can even just share a meal together. If you have a issue, maybe you're facing, I'd love to just talk with you yeah, about it. I think that's we, the, the website is thecove.org, I think, or thecove.com. 
Yeah, um, just look up those dates and you can register. And I think there's probably still a few spots in the actual the the hotel there on on campus, which is the best way to do that. Absolutely. Well, we'll leave it there. Good. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.